Okay, welcome to VHS, the show where friends revisit the top movies of their formative years. Each episode, we'll watch and discuss the top grossing film from that week, 21 years prior, what's changed about our viewing experience, and what hasn't. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Cassie. This week, we're talking about Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, which was released on September 8th, 1995, and was the top grossing movie in the U.S. for its first two weeks in theaters. And what a fabulous movie it is, may I say. You may. It's. I think fabulous is one of the top words you could use to describe it. I'm a little shocked that it was the number one movie in the week for two, or in the country for two weeks. Right? That That's awesome. Especially like, coming on the heels of Mortal Kombat. So the abrupt <laughs> shift in America's <laughs> national priorities. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat drag queen movie of course you know it's a natural response going from one to the other two american fantasies that really say more about us than we than we realized yes yes but uh cassie first of all i have to ask you a question Hmm. where is the body Oh uh, yes, you're you're referring to the um, the scene of them uh, dragging up in the very beginning, which oh, yeah. is is so oh it's so great. It's got everything you need in uh, uh, like masculine. a makeover montage, <laughs> exactly. Especially with um, very masculine guys, Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes doing the uh, pantyhose move, you know, oh, putting yeah. their, their leg up in the air and showing those gams pantyhose. off. Point those toes, girls. Yeah, I love that uh, Patrick Swayze is the only one of the three main characters that you ever see not in drag. Like, from the first minute that you see Wesley Snipes, he's got those fabulous lashes on. Yes, yes. And, for, I mean, that's a good reason. It probably took him forever to put them on. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm, know where to start with putting on makeup like that, much less the lashes. No, no. And I think Patrick Swayze probably had it the easiest because I feel like he's got the most feminine looking face out of the three. I don't know. Well, well, John Leguizamo has kind of a pretty face. He does. And he makes makes an excellent lady, I have to say. Of, Of the three of them, in drag, he looked most like an actual female, I think. But that might just be because I don't see John Leguizamo's face as much as I have seen Patrick Swayze or Wesley Snipes' face. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they definitely, when they made the movie and they cast these these actors, I think they definitely capitalized on the fact that American audiences were so used to seeing Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes. They were huge, huge stars. John Leguizamo had made a few movies, but I think his bigger hits were ahead of him after this. Um, but Patrick Swayze, like roadhouse and dirty dancing he's like he's yeah. a he was a hunk and everyone yes. knew what he looked like and wesley yeah. snipes same thing had been a big yeah. star for years he, big like action movie star like really like masculine like guns blazing kind of dude muscles everywhere and he still has muscles in this movie <laughs> yes he does <laughs> <He's got some laughs> beautiful like skull crushing muscles like yes he does wesley snipes probably could break a man's neck with his calves if he wanted to definitely could 
Uh, I like the scene where he's uh, he's playing basketball with the women's basketball team at the hotel that they stop at. So it's like a little kind of a <laughs> reference to white men can't jump, I feel like. Yes, it was. And it was fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean... I don't know where they were supposed to be in that hotel. Maybe somewhere in very western Pennsylvania. Yeah, but somewhere around there. You see, it, it, their drag was great, but they were very clearly men. <laughs> Especially <laughs> oh, yeah. when when they walked into that hotel and every... Oh my god, it was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when they it. show them right next to all the other female basketball players, I guess that's a not-so-subtle, not-so-PC dig at, at female basketball players. Like, oh, they're so manly. But yeah. those actual women next to the, these three were clearly... Uh, clearly had a different genetic makeup. Definitely. I... I what I really liked about that scene was, and, and this movie did this a couple times, where there was a very serious uh, scene where they drive up to this hotel and they're afraid to go in there because they feel like they're not going to get accepted and they're going to get kicked out. Yeah. or Yeah, or way worse. Um, but when they go in, they're welcomed with open arms because there just happens to be a women's basketball convention. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> what luck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that movie does this that a few times where, and I think this is like from some of the reviews I was reading, this is a common criticism of the movie, depending on who's looking at it. Is like, And it does make for kind of a weird, awkward, lopsided movie where they're they're dealing with some really serious concerns that people in in the position of our our hero queens would would have like you don't know where you are as soon as they're out of new york they're out of that protective bubble where they know that they're accepted and right right um like they're afraid to even stop the car every night because they don't know if they'll have a place to stay but then the movie's solution to that is to just kind of brush it aside and be like yeah, yeah. the world's yes. full of horrible homophobes and misogynists and racists but um look at this glitter <laughs> yeah i could see how that would be a criticism of the movie because i mean we're talking 1995 these issues uh were barely being spoken about um, much less actually dealt with in a positive way. So I I could see people being upset that they kind of make fun and make light of that. But at the same time, for for the, t the time the country was in, to have this movie and have this movie be the top grossing movie is amazing. I mean, yeah. even if they take, you know, the, the humorous route to, to look at the serious issue at least they're looking at this like and they're mm -hmm. getting that that problem out there I mean that's huge yeah yeah absolutely I actually read a really interesting article um that was published in the advocate by one of the studio execs who worked at Amblin Entertainment at the time that this movie was made who um like his role was to sort of scout around for source material, like read books, go to plays, see if they would make good movies. And someone gave him this script and he loved it and immediately forwarded it on to Steven Spielberg, who's the head of Amblin. Steven Spielberg really loved it and like sent it to Robin Williams just to say like, uh, I think this is hilarious. I just want to get an opinion from a really, really funny person who can confirm <laughs> for me that this movie is as amazing as I think it is. Robin Williams said, yes, God, it's amazing. Yes. Like you need to make this. But like, um, the exec down the chain who had initially 
forwarded it to Steven Spielberg was saying he was the only out gay person at that company at the time, even though everyone was very accepting of him and it was West Hollywood. Um, he like it was the only out gay person. Uh, no one was making movies about gay people like this. Wow. So it was for it to be like to have the backing of a huge Hollywood legend like Steven Spielberg without question and for it to be made and for it to be a huge popular hit is like unbelievable i can only imagine like as a gay man or even further as a gay man in who identifies through drag seeing this in a theater must have been so amazing in 1995 that's crazy oh yeah and and to see like well patrick swayze's a dancer so he's maybe not your stereotypical action hero but like a conventionally handsome hollywood hero and then an action star yeah playing like these unapologetically gay people there's never any question of like oh well they like to dress like that but maybe they like ladies no (laughs) No, right from the right off the bat these men are gay one of them is having sex with other men for money and says it many times yes uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and and wesley snipes like um there was a huge uh thing in in the black community about homophobia at this time so to see somebody so famous uh, you know ha- no big thing i'm gonna be in this drag queen movie i'm fabulous it's great That's yeah awesome that same article i read um in the advocate said that casting was no problem. Wesley Snipes said yes as soon as they offered it to him. It, That's he, great. Yeah, it didn't say anything about him being concerned about the impact it would have on his career. So, major props to. I mean, not like they should be congratulated for being accepting and open, but and kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just surprising in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I. It struck me while I was watching it, like. Because, you know, they have the, the homophobic, um, what is he, a deputy who's like yeah, Sheriff hunting them down. Yes, Sheriff Dullard is his <laughs> name, who's like tracking him down because he's super uncomfortable with the existence of drag queens, apparently. And, you know, they make him into a caricature and yeah, all but, that. But But I loved, so that actor, Chris Penn, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where he's not playing basically that character. He's always <laughs> an a-hole. You know when you see him, he's going to say something offensive, probably mm-hmm. hurt people. Um, I loved, first of all, how widely mocked he is by every other character, except for yes. the wife beater. Um, right. And but I also really loved that monologue that he has where he's in the bar um, by himself, kind of just talking to himself. And the other patrons are looking at him drinking alone yep. <laughs> where he's like men touching men wanting, wanting to be with other men. Their stubbly chins rubbing together, (laughs) swirls of chest hair and their musky smell and just goes on and on and it keeps escalating. Holding each other in the night. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. So it's, it's, first of all, kind of hinted that the only reason to not be okay with gay people is if you yourself are a closet case. Um, Mm -hmm. And also that it's just... It's just fun and funny and something to be lighthearted about, which is, mm-hmm. I was like, one thing I was thinking when, when I was watching it was, could this movie be the same hit today that it was back then? And yeah, I don't know. 
I don't think it could, partly because like the climate has changed such that we're more accepting of gay people generally. Gay rights have advanced so much, but at the same time, it's taken more seriously. I think mm-hmm. on a grander scale, this me speaking as someone who was 10 years old in 1995. So I have no clue what it was like yeah. for people who actually are gay. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, it seems like the whole national dialogue is a lot more serious. There are really serious issues at stake that were, were issues back then, but they're like being treated differently. I think the movie would be more political. Um, I agree. Think, I think those weird little, those dark those dips into darkness that happen in this movie would Mm -hmm. be a lot more amplified, wouldn't be ignored. They wouldn't just sort of brush aside the fact that like, Oh, an abused woman is just going to stay there with her husband and her, and her children. Oh my God. Yeah. These fairy queen, fairy godmother Queens move on to their next adventure. Or like the fact that one of them is a, is a prostitute to get by. Uh, Like none of that would just be, would just be moved on from like, yeah, yeah, I could see that because, I mean, like you said, I'm I'm speculating because obviously I don't know what it was like to be a gay man in 1995 or to be a gay man today for that matter, but they've 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 gotten so far that they have so much to lose and you know I, it it is it's a serious thing and you know it's it's still good to to have the comedy in in that but it it would definitely be different today I think for sure yeah um one of my favorite podcasts throwing shade was actually kind of talking about a related issue this week where they were talking about um there's a new um bachelor style reality dating show out now that's hosted by Lance Bass. I've and, seen um, it. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, uh, Prince Charming or something. Yeah. 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 And, and um, they were saying that it's kind of like elements of the 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 Bachelor on this mm-hmm. show's past have been like we're making headlines for a little bit, um, just because he didn't fit your like stereotype of like the shiny, clean, um, just like family values gay person that we see on primetime who's just Mm -hmm. like nothing to be afraid of here guys gay people are just like you and me except you know all they want is to be monogamous and married and have children you're like don't be afraid and um basically the hosts of of throwing shade were saying like this is like the next step for gay people in popular culture to get beyond this need to be perfect and like life affirming because like that's not how anybody is not allowed yeah they're not allowed to like be like super sexual or like sexual deviants because that yeah that's not allowed so much at stake exactly that's which is terrible but progress is slow i'm sure yeah another thing the movie does sort of along the same lines is like really uh portrays the point that um gay rights are comparable to women's rights or or black rights or latino rights any of that it's like um they're they're constantly showing other types of oppression with the implicit point that like um yeah you're appalled by racism from this horrible sheriff you're appalled that he's um trying to rape what he thinks is a woman um Mm -hmm. yeah like why is why is unfair unfair treatment of gay people any different than that which I'm not sure if it was a revelation to the audiences in 1995, but I suspect it was. 
Yeah, I think it probably was. This this movie bites off a lot of issues. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason they just choose to take the high road and make fun of it rather than attempt yeah. to offer any actual uh you know, uh what do you call solutions to yeah. the <laughs> major problems that uh exist uh in our country. Well, that's a lot to put on a funny, frothy, feel-good movie. Right, yeah. Like, just just be funny. That's that's what the audience is there for. And you can, you know, have the social commentary in it, absolutely. And it, I feel like it makes it more effective if you, you know, ha- have it in, brought in a comedic light that, you know, it's easier for people to swallow. Yeah. Because um, people are like that. Yeah, and it definitely succeeds at being funny. Um, One, like, what I was thinking when you were mentioning that was just, um, I know someone that you and I both enjoy very much and and esteem, um, RuPaul as Rachel Tensions in the very beginning. Oh, my God. I squealed with delight. I was so excited. I, like... I just knew it was going to be her when they're like, oh, our winner from last year. It was so much better than I could have imagined. It was so magical. And I didn't quite get the pun when they announced it. Like, here's Rachel Tension until she came down in her her sequined (laughs) Confederate flag gown. Oh, my God. God. It was it was a transcendent moment for me. That's the kind of political statement I like, like. You can't be mad. It's so funny and so <laughs> just perfect. It's exquisite. She looked fabulous. Oh, my God. And, and you know, she she hasn't changed in t- 20 years. In fact, I, I think she actually looks better now. Well, that's how <laughs> like, it is for many elegant older women. I guess so. She's really uh, found her uh, her stride. Yeah, well, she she was already a supermodel of the world back then. She had, I meant to research this, but I think she had already had a TV show on MTV, and she had that huge song, and mm-hmm. she was just glorious, and she had that fake laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that she uses all the time. <laughs> um, question for you. Have you seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? I have not, but I bought it on Blu-ray to watch. <laughs> After seeing this? Uh, actually, it was before seeing this, and I don't remember why I bought Priscilla and maybe not... because Maybe because Hugo Weaving is in, yeah. in Priscilla. And somebody else, uh, Guy Pierce. Yep. Just, just so many amazing Australian hunks. Um. I think also, I think Tu Wong Fu wasn't available on Blu-ray, so and it was, yeah, it was probably just easier for me to get that one, but it is on my list of things to watch. I'm going to watch it, and I'm sure I will love it. Yeah, I really, I really want to see it now, too. I'm just getting a message from your husband <laughs> saying that you bought, you bought that movie for him. Oh, I don't remember why I did that. Think it's the Hugo Weaving factor. Maybe Devin can enlighten us later. Yeah, the reason I ask is because I was seeing in a lot of reviews that um, a lot of reviewers at the time were comparing to Wang Fu somewhat unfavorably with Priscilla, Queen of the mm-hmm. Desert, because mm-hmm. um, 
while Tu Wang Fu had gone into production before Priscilla was released and became a fairly huge hit, considering mm-hmm. what it was, um, uh, it came out afterwards. So it gave the impression of being uh, like a, a sanitized pop culture American ripoff of a... Yeah like a pretty monumental statement movie about right. drag. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like we need to watch Priscilla to appreciate that uh, um, standpoint. But I mean, just seeing Tu Wong Fu by itself, it's great. So I, I feel like I'm glad I watched this one first. Exactly. And I'm going to watch the other one. Yeah. I'm really glad that we watched Tu Wong Fu first because just watching it on its own merits, it's funny. It's glamorous. It's fabulous. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And if Priscilla is glamorous and more fabulous than this one, that's that's even better. I'm, exactly. I'm glad. There's enough room in the world for many, many more movies about Hell yeah. Drag Let's get, like drag ten queens. more. Yes. Let's rewind to nineteen ninety five and make like ten more of these movies. Why not? Well, well you know, in nineteen ninety six, um, The Birdcage was a big hit starring Robin yeah. Williams and um oh. Nathan Lane who mm-hmm. is a drag performer in the movie. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. I'm uh, it's I'm I'm looking forward to that one as well. Oh yeah. So, and I think one one thing that sort of re- renders that Priscilla argument uh, less powerful is that the my favorite part about this movie is the performances by the mostly by the three leads. Like these yes. These characters are amazing, and the actors could not have done a better job. Yes, I loved them. I think they had great chemistry together and by themselves, or even each of them had like their little interesting like backstory and uh, part of the plot, like the little subplots, and they were all great. Who was your favorite? I loved Vita. You did? I did like Vita. I loved how she was like just elegant and um, kind of the mom of of the three. And she was very, very much concerned with manners and being beautiful and just classy. I, I liked her. Yeah, certainly she's. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite. Like Vita was the least exciting. But yeah. I, I, admi- <laughs> I admired her the most, definitely. She's like mm-hmm. when the others were just sort of lapsing into shallowness and disinterest with other people's needs or um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She getting kind of down in the world. She was a true queen. Mm-hmm. Apparently, John Leguizamo's been pretty open about the fact that he and Patrick Swayze did not get along on the set. Really? Yeah. So, I didn't get that from the... The no, movie, so no that's good. they're real pros but mm. yeah apparently John Leguizamo kept improvising and being obnoxious and making funny jokes so he would get more screen time and it worked oh. but Patrick Swayze being an elegant mature professional was mm-hmm. not into it and mm. almost almost punched John Leguizamo oh well yeah. that, that's taking it a little far I mean <laughs> generally I think a little bit maybe yeah I, I, though I do have to agree, sometimes I find John Leguizamo to be obnoxious in some of his other roles, too. But I enjoyed him in this movie. Yeah, well, it's because Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi is obnoxious. Like that's, <laughs> I is. thought it was just her character. 
Mm-hmm. But also, apparently, Chi Chi was written for jo- John Leguizamo with John Leguizamo in mind. So, wow, you know, the obnoxiousness right. is just woven through. Um, yeah, and it makes makes a good character. So, so who was your favorite? Probably Noxima. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noxima yeah. just made me laugh out loud the most. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's she's not a great character because she doesn't have a whole bunch of backstory. You don't really know mm-hmm. what her motivation is. She's mm-hmm. and as a result, she seems kind of shallow. But she just had these one-liners that Wesley Snipes delivered so perfectly, so great. Yeah, like, I love them <laughs> when they go to. Um, when they go to Vita's hometown and they're driving through Balakinwood looking at all the mansions, mm-hmm. Vita just goes, looks at this white mansion that looks exactly like it comes from God with the Wind. And a split second after seeing it and like me having that realization, he goes, mm-hmm. he goes, ooh, there will be a barbecue at 12 Oaks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, his tone was perfect. I just others might disagree but i think i don't know <laughs> vita obviously is very very ladylike and probably is what um that character would have grown up to be had he been mm-hmm. born a woman um mm-hmm. just like a perfect lady upper class lady but like even though wesley snipes looks like a big muscular man mm-hmm. he, he and chi chi both i think did such a good job like portraying women not yep. like a caricature of like oh look at these these uh, flamboyant gay men it's like no they're like pretty spot on women i think yeah they they did do an amazing job like uh i loved it i also loved it when um they were in the small town uh stranded in the small town and there was this group of young men uh Ugh. who were essentially rapists yeah like, yeah. yeah they were another they one were Right, Another one of those dark moments that the movie just kind of like brushes aside and laughs <laughs> Boys will be boys. We're all <laughs> friends now. Of course. Nah. Well, he teaches them how to talk to ladies, <laughs> which I found very satisfying. One, because he was, you know, sticking it to a bunch of rapists. But two, he, it was just so satisfying. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. And he did it with class. You know, he didn't punch them in the face. You know, he went over <laughs> and... Uh, got him by the ear and oh no by the balls yeah grabbed grabbed the balls than that. <laughs> super classy <laughs> that's why we call you classy cassie <laughs> yeah that mo- the movie had a lot of those like stand up and cheer cathartic moments like yeah that is how you treat a lady or that mm-hmm. is what you do to a homophobe mm-hmm. yeah it was like oh yeah. Another one, less, like, the end of the movie is pretty triumphant. Like, um, but also when the the rapey sheriff is about to, or is trying to grope Vita, and Patrick, Stu- or Patrick Swayze just said, get your hand off my dick, and punches him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that was amazing, too. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a few moments where, there are just a few where they play the humor for the fact that these are these are men in dresses, but I think like an important distinction is that so many of the jokes were funny just on their own. Like I had my insensitive joke feelers out to tell like, uh, are they making fun of drag queens or is this just a movie starring drag queens? Mm-hmm. And and 
almost all the jokes were just funny jokes that would have yeah. been funny delivered by any character, which is which is nice. Yeah, I agree. I, they didn't just like prance around and like make fun of ha ha ha. We're dudes in dress. Ha ha. It was they were saying jokes, but they happened to be dudes in dresses, which is great. Yeah, and and another thing that I worry wouldn't be done as well today. I feel like it would either be super sensitive, down in the dumps PC movie, or like if it were to be a really big money maker, it would be like. Eddie Murphy, woman, like man in drag. Let's Mm -hmm. let's laugh at it. Mm -hmm. Yep. But if the movie were made today, who do you think, like if a remake were made, who would you think would be good at playing these queens? Hmm. Can I pick like drag queens that I know today? Because that Um, would be fun. That would be fun. You can, you can, but that that would work with, it would really work with any three drag queens, wouldn't it? That's true. Like, yeah, I mean, we could do both. Okay. Um, so drag queens, hmm. Well, what drag queen do we know who's very matronly? Or maternal. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Is this a fake think or are you really, really pausing to consider? I don't know. Do you have one? Well, Bianca Del Rio is very maternal, but not oh, yeah. not in a ladylike way. Not in a motherly kind of way. Well, off of off of her, you know, comedy stand stand up comedy, she's she's a little motherly, but yeah, no. <laughs> also, there's no way that Bianca Del Rio is rolling up to some small town and people don't realize that that's a a person in clown makeup. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like probably the drag queens that we know today are, are too much. Like they have a character. They're drag queens. They're yeah. not gonna play any of these characters. So yeah. Um. Well, Bianca. That's you know her movie that's coming out. Hurricane Bianca kind of does have the premise that she shows up in drag, and the yokels in a small town don't realize that she's a man <laughs> classic I, I can't wait does does she wear the same makeup oh yeah she usually yeah. wears okay. yeah she looks full-on clown makeup <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just a lady with clown makeup you don't know. <laughs> well I think she's in a small town in Texas where maybe they go into it more in the movie but it's like that's just what women who wear makeup look like in Texas of course yeah why not apologies to any future Texan listeners who are offended by that (laughs) but yeah I was trying to scratching my head trying to think of of actors who might be able to pull this off I think that Channing Tatum might be good as Vita yes absolutely I'm with you on that one for sure he's graceful he's a dancer we know he's a great comedian but he can Mm -hmm. also he's goofy yeah, but he can also do serious, like, pathos if he has to. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I'm trying to think of, like, another action movie guy with lots of muscles. But not too many muscles. Like, I feel like The Rock. I'm sorry, but you can't. I know. he's. Too- you can't do drag. <laughs> it would just look ridiculous. More ridiculous he's- than Wesley Snipes. Agreed. I mean, that guy's gigantic. There's, I don't, ugh. 
You'd have to make a dress that would fit on him. Like he has to have suits specially made to fit on his body. So yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie Foxx, I'm sure, would knock it out of the park. He's a little old. Oh, there you go. I mean, he's not old objectively, but a little old for this part, maybe. Maybe, but yeah, you put enough makeup on there, it'll be fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Leguizamo can still fill in for his old role. Oh, totally. (laughs) He still looks pretty... He pretty much looks the same. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As long as he just keeps making those ridiculous, like, Marilyn Monroe faces, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, cast, does this movie deserve to be watched again? Like, this is super obvious, but I think we should ask every time. Does this movie deserve to be watched again or should it just be lost to the to the sands of time? Watch it again and then watch it again after that. <laughs> and then maybe watch it again right after. All right. That's pretty definitive. Mm-hmm. You watch this. Did you watch this with some of our friends last week? I did. Yeah. Had they heard of it before? Um, some of them had never heard of it. Um and others had heard of it and then like always wanted to watch it um like yeah so and the reaction in the room was just everybody loved it how could you not love it i think i might not be able to be friends with someone who didn't love it or at least like it they'd have to have pretty strong uh reason like like a drag queen knocked them out and left them for dead on a country road Yep. Well, I mean, if they were trying to rape that drag queen, then no, that's not yeah. a good good answer. Of but course. Otherwise, sure. Hmm. I was gonna... Yeah, I was gonna bring up a couple more points, like how weird it is that the drag queens never go out of their drag. You know, somebody brought that up, and I think uh, what we had decided was they wanted to convince the town that they were actually women, so they never took their makeup or anything off. Yeah, but even when they're driving, they're wearing their makeup and their clothes. And it's That's just true. that they love being drag queens so much because they're worried. They're like, oh, I don't want to stop for a hotel. You know what will happen? It's like, what would happen if you were just looking like a man? It yeah. might be a problem for for Nagzima and Chi-Chi, but not as big as if you're in full drag, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you were really like afraid for your safety, you would not chance driving around in a Cadillac, you know, top down in drag because I mean, even stopped at a stoplight, who knows, but they're just really devoted to style. I think that's what it is. I mean, <laughs> when they were at the, the used car lot and the salesman was like, please take the Toyota Corolla for your own <laughs> safety. <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're like, mm, nope. It's all about style. They get in their terrible little rundown Cadillac and they're on their way. So, Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes glamour can save your life as the people of Spidersville, I mean, Snydersville, find out. <laughs> Spidersville. That's a, that's a Chi-Chi joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So question for you. Yes. What would your drag name be? Ooh, that is a very, that's a very tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've been thinking about it. My, 
my favorite drag names are the puns. Like oh, mine too. Like totally. Sharon Needles, Courtney mm-hmm. Act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just it would have to be a really good one, and I don't know, maybe maybe like Izzy something, like first name Izzy as in Isabel, but then mm-hmm. the last name needs. I ne- I gotta workshop it. What about mm. you? Do you have one? <laughs> so, my, mine isn't so much a pun. It's a little bit of a pun, but there's a lot of layers to it. So, you ready? You ready for it? Am I? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Okay. <laughs> it's catty tonic. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> told you you weren't ready for it i was not ready for that jelly that's Mm -mm. great that's a really good one yeah yeah um he he came up with it like in like 30 seconds he's like i don't know (laughs) like cassie like caddy like you like cats caddy but but it could also be like oh you're a bitch caddy Mm -hmm. and then um just rattled off with tonic after that i was like yeah that i don't know about that He's like, no, no, because you like to sleep, so you're catatonic. (laughs) I can't argue with that. So, yeah, I think you did a great job. It's pretty solid. (laughs) And I can wear cat ears. It would be great. All the time? All the time. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the best look. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, your approval is neither desired nor required. <laughs> well played. Mm, thank you. But it it is accepted, right? Oh yeah. And I think, you know, to 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 round out this conversation, what I I think that sums up what I enjoy most about drag and watching RuPaul's Drag Race and watching this movie and going on to watch every possible movie I can about drag queens because <laughs> I'm going to do that is the the positive mesha- message that that I get from it as a woman is so powerful just for me like I'm just going to go out there I'm going to look good and I don't care what anybody thinks it's just oh, it's just amazing I love it yeah yeah, same here. Like the idea of people just knowing what they love and going after it and just putting their heart and soul into it. Yeah. Knowing so like so positively. Like half the drag queens I see on the in these movies and on these shows like know who they are better than I do. And like they're just they are who they are and they've had a really tough life like in most cases. But they're still just so confident and beautiful, and I love them. Mm-hmm. It's it's a wonderful thing for for culture that drag queens are getting more and more exposure because yeah, I I feel inspired whenever mm-hmm. I see something like this, mm-hmm. even when they're messy and <laughs> not not perfectly squeaky clean images. Mm, kind of gross. They can be gross. <laughs> Yeah. Like Katya, the sweatiest woman in showbiz. <laughs> yep. So we're on hiatus next week, but when we come back, we'll be joined by a very special guest. 
we're going to be discussing mm-hmm. seven, which is both the title of the movie and also how many times per week we each probably watched it when we were children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be illuminating and disturbing. Mm, definitely disturbing. So I look forward to talking to you again next week, Cassie. You too, Jenna. Bye. Bye.